Friends, as we prepare to hear our scripture readings this morning, um, today we complete our third year in the narrative lectionary. Uh, each year in the narrative lectionary, we start back at the beginning in Genesis and we trace the work of God through God's spirit and God's people uh, from creation through the Hebrew prophets up this year through the Gospel of Luke and into the early church. And so today we're going to hear the story of Pentecost from the book of Acts. Um, those of you who've been uh, with journeying with us in the narrative lectionary this year may remember that the book of Acts and the Gospel of Luke are written by the same author. And Luke finishes up with all of the disciples uh, in Jerusalem after the resurrection. They're scared, they're together, and they have been told by Jesus to wait there until the Spirit comes upon them. And so today we hear that story of the Spirit coming upon them with wind and with flame and empowering them to go out and to be the church in the world. Then we're also going to hear an excerpt from Paul's letter to the Galatians, which we've been looking at the last couple weeks. Uh, Paul has been founding churches in the region of Galatia, and there's been a lot of controversy about how to include uh, Gentiles, non-Jewish people in these early churches. And Paul has been advocating all along and again today that it is faith, it is God's spirit that binds them together as a community. And that when they live in the spirit, they live out uh, the fruits of the spirit, which we'll hear about today. Uh, then this morning, we're going to hear our sermon from our UCC general minister and president, uh, Reverend Dr. John Dorauer. So let us listen for the word of God. A reading from the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. A reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. You were called to freedom, siblings. Only don't let this freedom be an opportunity to indulge your selfish impulses, but serve each other through love. All the law has been fulfilled in a single statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. This is the word of God for the people of God. And they were all together in one place. What a brilliant opening line to one of the most powerful stories ever told. Luke, wink, wink, Theophilus. What a great line that is. And you're artisanship, your craft in writing a good story comes through in that line, and they were all together in one place. Here's what I love about that line. It's, it's deceptive. 
I mean, not in a bad way, but in a brilliant writing kind of way. It hides what's coming and it sort of creates this romanticized, fantasized notion of how good things are. They were all together in one place. Kind of makes you feel good, doesn't it? And what it hides is the cowardice, the betrayal, the doubt, all of that. Cowardice, you ask? Well, um, the last thing these apostles, these disciples heard before Jesus went away from them was, go therefore to all the ends of the earth, preaching and teaching the good news. That's what this whole thing was about, this mission of Jesus, the message of Jesus, the giving up their lives to follow him. It was about the go therefore. And he died for them. He resurrected. He appeared to them after the resurrection. And where were they? They were hidden together in the upper room, scared, afraid. So they were all together in one place, sort of hides the cowardice that they were experienced. The betrayal, you remember the betrayal, don't you? I will never deny you. Yeah. And the doubt, having resurrected from the dead, having gone to them with this mission, go therefore, they sort of, oh, come on. I don't believe that. I don't believe you. Let me put my fingers in his hands and his side, and then maybe I'll believe. And so Jesus came and did that for Thomas and the others. And where were they? Hidden away in the upper room. And so that opening line, it's like the brilliance of, of Stephen King at its best. You know, a good horror writer, a good tension writer is going to hide what's coming. And they were all together in one place. I mean, let's think about this. Luke, the author of the Acts of the Apostles, has a blank page in front of him and maybe the greatest story to tell ever to be told in the history of the church. This is the Pentecost. And when Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. He's got a blank page. He can start this any way he wants. And that is a brilliant line because it hides the next line that's coming. And suddenly, like the rush of a violent wind, you see, there's an actor waiting in the wings an actor ready to do her thing that is going to change the entire dynamic. It hides the tension of that powerful moment in that beautiful opening line. And they were all together in one place. And what about this actor? Well, let's back up a little bit and introduce her the way Jesus did. See, this actor has actually always been there. When the story of Genesis begins, I mean, all the way back at the time of the creation, we read, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters of chaos. And that hovering, that breath, that ruach would change everything. This is the actor always waiting in the wings, present at the birth of Jesus, present at the baptism of Jesus, when like a dove descending from heaven, the voice of God speaks, this is my beloved son. Yeah, there's an actor waiting in the wings. And on the night that Jesus would die, gathered it with his apostles, his disciples, those men and women who would go there for, 
and sharing with them one last meal. Among the many things that he would say to them that night, he threw out this. And it is to your advantage that I leave you. Now let's pause there because how many do you think in the room at that table with Jesus on that night when he was telling them that tomorrow I turn myself over to the Romans to be crucified and you will betray me, yeah? How many of them in that room that night do you believe understood or accepted what Jesus said when he said, it is to your advantage that I leave you. I mean, they had put all of their hopes, hopes that it built over generations in this being the one that they had been waiting for that would free them from their enemies. And now on this night, he's saying, I'm gonna turn myself over to the enemy. They're gonna kill me. You're gonna be left alone. And it's to your advantage that I do this. And in that moment, he introduces the actor waiting in the wings. Because he says, if I don't leave you, the advocate, the Holy Spirit cannot come. Oh. That moment sets up what's about to happen in that room where they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like the rush of a violent wind, here she comes. The Holy Spirit descends upon these cowards, these betrayers, these doubters, these people so filled with fear and anxiety that having given everything up to follow Jesus, when he left them and told them to go there for, what did they do? They hid in this upper room. But Jesus knew that she, the advocate, would come suddenly like the rush of the mighty wind and there she was and there they went. This is the birth of the church. That entity, the living body of Christ here on earth sent to all the ends of the earth to preach the good news and to baptize. It began in that moment. There was a renewal. And in that moment, the spirit knew that it was her role to birth the church. If Luke were to write the story of what's about to happen to a church in need of renewal right now, I think the perfect opening line, somewhat in contrast, but also paralleling the line he wrote to open this story of the Pentecost would read. And they were all not together and they were all alone in their separate places. That's what the pandemic has done to us, isn't it? Well, all alone, and we've been all alone for over a year. Not together in one place, but socially distanced and quarantined and isolated from one another. Meanwhile, there's a renewal coming. And one wonders, 
Is there an actor waiting in the wings? Is there a Pentecost moment coming that makes the writing of that line and they were all alone in their separate places sort of foreshadowing what's coming? Here's the thing, we have never been without the power and the movement and the impulse of the Holy Spirit. We as the church, the body of Christ here on earth have never been without this actor waiting in the wings. She's always there. It is, she is the lifeblood of the church. And there have been moments throughout our history with this creator that we know is God, embodied and incarnated most beautifully and most fully in Jesus. There have always been in relationship with this God, times and seasons of renewal. It was this God who through the voice of the prophet Isaiah said, behold, I'm about to do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And hasn't it begun to dawn on us? We who are not all together, but we who are all alone, not in one place, but in separate places, hasn't it began to dawn on us as what we thought we were doing was just whatever we had to do to get through this, hasn't it begun to dawn on us that what's just happened while we've been all alone in our separate places is nothing short of an invitation to renew and strengthen a church that the world began to wonder about. How relevant is she? How vital is she? How healthy is she? And a year into this pandemic, with the actor waiting in the wings, hasn't it begun to dawn on us that we're about to do a new thing, that we're about to birth a new way of being the church? Don't you feel that in your bones? Don't you feel that in your body? Don't you feel that in your blood, your heartbeat, your pulse beat? Yes, you do, and so do I. And I know that when this pandemic ends and we come out and can be all together in one place again, I know that there's going to be grief and we're gonna mourn the loss and the trauma of the hundreds of thousands of lives that ended prematurely, almost senselessly. Yeah, but I also know there's an actor waiting in the wings and she is there to ensure our advocate, to ensure that we don't miss this moment. And that when given the opportunity, we are about to renew, to strengthen, to build up the church, the body of Christ, not for the sake of the church, for the church is simply a vessel, a means to an end, 
which is God's vision of shalom. The world is ready, has always been ready and receptive to hear the good news of God's redeeming and transformative love. The good news that no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And in every generation, the baptized, the confirmed, the members, the believers of the body of Christ are told to go therefore and preach this good news. And while we were all alone in our separate places with the Holy Spirit waiting in the wings, we discovered a whole new way to go, a whole new way to preach, a whole new way to tell and proclaim the good news. I have been calling around, talking to leaders around the church, getting the pulse beat and heartbeat of the church in and through this time. And yes, there's grief and there's loss and there's mourning and there's trauma and there's all of that. But then there's this. Reports of churches growing their membership while all alone in our separate places. New membership classes of new members of churches joining who have never even seen the building of the church that they're about to join. Behold, I'm about to do a new thing. Pentecost is a time of remembering the birth of a church instituted by Christ's advocate, the Holy Spirit, who has never abandoned us and who imagines a future in which we matter. And here she is again, calling on the faithful, calling on the believers, calling on the baptized, calling on the confirmed and saying, trust me, for I'm about to do a new thing. And the church will be renewed. And something new is coming. It could be that we were put here for just such a time as this. And I have no doubt that in time, a new Luke or Theophilus is going to have a story to tell about what a Holy Spirit did in partnership with the people who were all alone in their separate places until, until this is that moment. I pray that together, as we come out of this pandemic, we will take everything that we have learned and experienced about how to be the church and trust the Holy Spirit to do what she's been inviting us to do for some time, but which we've been resisting and say to her, we're with you because we see a future in which the church matters. And we know that there are lives that will be changed by the simple proclamation of this good news, that no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're welcome here and you are the beloved here. So yes, let's strengthen the church. Let's renew the body of Christ 
for the mission that yet lies ahead. Amen.